0: This morning, uh, we're so, uh, it's so great that we had the sacrament of baptism to celebrate because today is Confirmation Sunday. And so we have several individuals seated in the front uh, and also helping us in the back that will be coming forward later who are here to confirm something that happened in their lives many, many years ago as it happened today for Cruz. And part of this uh, rite of passage is for each of them to create statements of faith where they articulate what they believe and why. Uh, Time doesn't allow us to hear all of the statements that were written and so three have been selected and it's a They get very very nervous. So you know we want to pray for them as they come up It's difficult to read these statements and we want to celebrate as they're they're not just reading something They're reading something they've written sharing themselves no pressure at all that you know You're just bearing your soul before all of us right now (laughs) Um, (laughs) I Kid I'm sorry Um, And so we have the opportunity to hear three of those statements today, and and they'll be spread out throughout our time together. The list of the names and the life verses and the families of those who are being confirmed are in your bulletin. uh, I want to point those out to you. And our first uh, student who's going to come before us and read today is Alexa Dominguez. So Alexa, would you come forward, please? It's on, so you're good. Okay.
1: Hello. My statement of faith is my belief in Jesus and God. I do believe that there is a God and that he created the world. I do believe in afterlife. I believe that that Jesus did die on the cross for me, my friends, my teachers, my family, and everyone that I know and care about. I do believe that Jesus came here to earth as a baby and became a man that was destined to die on the cross for us and our sins. I believe that God was the person that created us, the earth, animals, nature, and a lot more other things. I believe that God expects us to love, to just love him and for who he is and appreciate for what he has done and what he has created for us. That's why he didn't force us to love him in the first place or else we would eat, act and sound like robots saying every time, I love God, he is so amazing. God could easily wipe us out in a snap of a finger, but he doesn't because he loves us and cares about us. Even if we don't give him attention, he will never give up on trying to reach us. Sometimes with all the troubles that we have gone through, it sometimes is hard to believe that God is there for you. But no matter what, he will be there for you through thick and thin. No matter how much we try to push him away, he will always find a way to get back to us. That is one thing that is amazing about God that I have learned throughout my life. I believe that Christ is created so everyone in the community can all get together and share the wonderful words of God. A church is created so we have a bigger family to go to when we are going through times of trouble and need people to support us. Churches are also meant to celebrate as a family, like baptism, weddings, and saying saying what faith you believe in. I believe the Bible was created to prove that all the things that have happened before and after Christ were real. Even though we weren't in those times, I believe that all those things happened. If they never happened, then what would be the point to talk or believe in God? I believe that the Bible is written for us not to forget all the things that people did for God, to not be forgotten all the things that people did for God and Jesus. Throughout my life, God has shown up a lot. Even though I might not be in troubled times, that doesn't mean that I can't pray for God. He will always show up for me and be there for me. The one verse that has helped me throughout my troubled times is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The first time I heard this verse was in kindergarten. That was eight years ago, and that is the verse that I have loved and known ever since. Whenever I need strength, I will always say that verse in my head and believe that I can do everything through Christ. I don't think God expects a lot of us. He doesn't expect us to turn into a Batman or a Superman. He just wants us to trust and love him for all the things he has done and given us. We may not like what he has chosen us, but there will always be a reason why he gave us the way we are here to live, that why we live today. Throughout this amazing journey that I have been on, I have learned a lot and made a lot of progress here at Grace Lutheran. I now have a better understanding about God, Jesus, and just about everything. Beginning another chapter of my life, I now have a lot of guidance to help me through life. I have nothing but to give a lot of thanks to all my wonderful teachers, friends, and family that have been there for me. I will now be able to begin this new chapter with an amazing start.
0: Well done, Alexa. Can we please make Well done. not easy and very well done. Uh, we are now going to have scripture read to us. One of our confirmands, Ginger Dirks, is going to come and read from the Gospel of Matthew. So, Ginger, I want to invite you up. Okay.
1: <laughs> come to me, all you, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light
0: this is the word of the Lord well done (laughs) we'll talk a little bit about those verses from Matthew chapter 11 in just a second Um, but we have another statement of faith to be read and it happens to be someone I know very very well my son. So Ethan Twightman, if you want to come forward.
2: My faith began at, age, at the age of four when I asked Jesus into my heart. From that moment on, I was his and he was mine. Looking back, I remember actually thinking he was literally in my heart. However, now it is symbolism meant to remind me that a spirit is with me, guiding me down my spiritual path. I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three persons are all equal and make up one God. I believe that everything was created through the, world, uh, through the wor- word of God and that he created humanity in his image. In addition, he loves us more than anything else in all creation and desires a relationship with us, with everyone, no matter whom, they, whom or what they are. Unfortunately, this was not possible due to the mistakes made by Adam and Eve and the similar mistakes that each of us make in our own lives every day. The guilt and shame of our sin causes us to hide from God. However, everything changed when we were delivered from our sins through Jesus Christ, our Savior and the Son of God. Thanks to Jesus, instead of running from God, our Father runs towards us. I believe that Jesus was sent by the Father as the perfect sacrifice to cleanse the earth of sin. He did so being fully man and fully God. That way he could be able to understand what it is like to have temptation and fears, just like we do. I believe he died on the cross to forgive our sins, was buried, and rose from the dead on the, on the third day, Excuse me. therefore defeating death. On that same note, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no way to God other than through him. Filling the final person of God is the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Spirit was sent by Jesus after he ascended to heaven. The Spirit has come to comfort us by filling us with the love of God. I believe that the Spirit prompts our hearts to receive Jesus' invitation to come into our lives. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, leading and guiding us into thinking and acting the way Jesus teaches us. As long as I can remember, I've been a Christian and all that entails. I know that I am called to share the gospel and live, live my life for Christ. I believe that I am called to witness the truth to the, to the truth that God reigns. Our Father's greatest desire is for us to be with him. I want to love God with all that I am, my neighbors as myself. I strive to fulfill the, pur- fulfill the purpose that God has destined for me, be it through my natural athleticism, my growing compassion for others, and my leadership ability. I am a Christian and therefore devote my life to the expansion of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven.
0: How am I supposed to follow that? Well done, son. Well done to all of you. Today is a really important day for for each one of you. Uh, Today, whether you realize it or not, whether it's fully hit you, marks a spiritual turning point in your lives as together, and it's important that you go through this together, you undergo the rite of confirmation. And while I speak to these students, what I'm about to say speaks to all of us. Because while this is a turning point for them, this is a turning point that we each may have experienced previously in our lives, maybe have never, but every day of our lives is is doing what they are modeling for us, affirming, confirming the faith that Jesus has in us. You know, each one of you was previously baptized into God the Father's covenant, his promise of grace delivered through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, and sealed by the continual presence of the Holy Spirit. You got to see Cruz experience the sacrament of baptism, and that was very similar for you at some point in your life. As infants and toddlers, your parents claimed, as Cruz's parents did, this covenant promise for you. And they committed, just like you heard, Cruz's family and friends, along with your godparents and the community that surrounds you, they committed to teach you this about this gift of salvation and this eternal life that you've been given, what it means to be a part of the kingdom and how it changes how we think and how we act. And some of you have expressed what you've learned through your statements of faith. That being said, I, I'm not sure what kind of report card you'd give them or us. Hopefully, by prayer and example, in not just our words but also our actions, we've pointed you to Jesus and we've modeled for you what a life in Christ is lived in dependence upon him looks like. But no matter how good or bad of a witness we've been, today represents the moment when you each have the opportunity to make your own public profession of the faith. Today is the day when relying on God's grace given to you at baptism, you take ownership of your identity in and your relationship to Jesus. I imagine that all of you, like my son Ethan shared, Ask Jesus into your heart at some point before today. Somewhere between your baptism and this Sunday, most of you, all of you, gave your life to Christ. So the question is: why are you doing all this? Why are you doing this? Why is this necessary? What difference does this make? And that's what I want to address. What you're doing today, confirmation. It's about more than just counting yourself among other believers, other Christians. What you profess today is more than I believe in Jesus. Today, you commit to following him, to not just inviting him into your heart, though that's important and special, but to giving Jesus authority over your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul. In other words, you're committing to be disciples, followers. Students and learners of Jesus, to be His ambassadors, the representatives of His way, His truth, and His life, what we call the kingdom of God. And you're committing to do this out there. If you think this is hard in here amongst the people who are cheering for you and supporting you, and it is, it's even more challenging out there. But you're committing to follow Jesus out there, out in the world, among your family and your friends, among your classmates and your teammates. Among your neighbors, but also among your enemies, and even complete strangers. Now, if you're listening to what I just said, this may seem like a huge responsibility. It may seem like an impossible burden. And the way I described it, it is. But if we live in dependence upon Jesus, if you listen to the words that Ginger read to us this morning from the Gospel of Matthew, you can do this. We all can do this. Here in Matthew, Jesus calls us in three simple verses to come to him. And that's what you're doing today. Jesus calls us to follow him, and he assures us in coming and following him that his burden is easy and the yoke is light. And that's a great picture of what you're doing today. You are publicly and personally putting on the yoke of Jesus. Now, if you're not familiar with a yoke, and if I I could have the slide, that would be awesome. If you're not familiar with a yoke... It's this wooden beam that's fitted to an animal to enable them to pull a load, a plow that prepares fields, or a cart that's carrying a a lot of stuff that needs to be delivered. Now, that image, the idea of putting that on, may not seem too inviting (laughs) or restful, for that matter. Who wants to carry around some kind of burden? Who wants to be pushed forward by something else? Isn't that what you're fighting with your parents about all the time? Right. You guys awake? Are you with me? Come on, it's my best stuff I'm giving you here. Come on, work with me. You may not like it or want it, but what Jesus is doing here is pointing to a reality of life that every human being, human being is driven by something. Every person carries at least one burden or responsibility throughout their life. Something that either others put on your back, put on our backs, or we take upon ourselves. And you're all on the verge, and I know I don't want anyone to get weepy. I know some of you have had a little bit of weepiness. You're all on the verge of another leg of that journey, even more responsibility. You're on the verge of a huge load, high school, college. I mean, just to freak out your parents, high school and college are right there. Career, marriage, and family are not that far away. I have your attention now, don't I? Yes. (laughs) What Jesus is recognizing, not just for you, but for all of us, is that life can be full of burdens. That we can carry the weight of a lot of responsibilities, relationships, and commitments. Jesus is identifying that there are lots of yokes, lots of ways to try to handle that stuff, all of it on our own. But what Jesus is inviting us to do, and this is what you're affirming, confirming today, Jesus is inviting us to wear his yoke, to learn from him, to live in dependence upon him. It's important you hear this. Eternal life, what Jesus is offering to us, is not yoke-free. Eternal life is in Christ. Eternal life is about wearing the right yoke. In other words, what you're confirming today, what we're all invited to experience in Christ... Is about letting our responsibilities. We all have them. Letting our relationships. We all have them. Letting our commitments be defined by the ones that Jesus calls us to. And to be free. Hear this. Free. Especially on the verge of high school, college, career, marriage, and family. Hear this now because when you get into the thick of it, it's harder to hear. You're at the best moment for you to receive this. Jesus is calling us to the relationships, responsibilities, and commitments that he calls us to. But he's also inviting you to be free To be free of the burdens and responsibilities that we put on ourselves. Or that others try to put on us. And you're surrounded by your family right now. Your family sometimes are the worst culprits of putting those things on you. I'm telling you the truth. And Jesus is saying you are to be free of those things that are not from him. The things that Jesus calls us to are the things we can carry. That's what he says. The experiences that Jesus invites us into, whether they be high school, college, career, marriage, or family. If Jesus is calling us into those things, these are things that we can manage. These are things that are intended for us to grow stronger and deeper. And we can carry and manage all of these things if they're from Jesus. Because if Jesus calls us to them, Jesus does the heavy lifting. Jesus helps us to carry them. To help you appreciate this, that's really intimidating. Let me give you this illustration to understand how this works. Typically, a yoke isn't attached to just an individual animal. Normally, a yoke is used between a pair of animals, in this case, a pair of oxen, or to enable them to pull and work together in pairs. And there's this man named Dwight Pentecost who once was watching this, and he described how it worked and the insight he had. And that's what I want to share with you. He was watching an old farmer plowing with a team of oxen, just like in this picture. And he writes, As I saw this team, I was somehow amazed, somewhat amazed, for one was a huge ox... And the other was a very small bullock. And that ox towered over the little bullock that was sharing the work with him. And I was amazed and perplexed, he writes, to see the farmer trying to plow with two such unequal animals in the yoke. And I commented on the inequality to the man with whom I was riding. He stopped his car and he said, I want you to notice something. Do you see the way those traces are hooked to the yoke? You will observe that the large yoke is pulling all the weight. The little bullock is being broken into the yoke but is not actually pulling any weight. My mind, he writes, instinctively came to the passage of Scripture that Ginger read for us this morning where our Lord said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am... My yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the normal yoking, the load is equally distributed between the two that are yoked together. But when we are yoked with Jesus Christ, he bears the load so that we who are yoked with him share the joy and accomplishment of the labor, but without the burden of the yoke. You're not going to get that invitation anywhere else in this world. The things that Jesus calls you to, the relationships, the responsibilities, the commitments, high school, college, career, marriage, and family, and a host of whole other things. If Jesus calls you to them, if they're the things that Jesus has asked you to put upon yourself, that he places upon you, you will experience joy. You will experience satisfaction. You will experience fulfillment because Jesus will do the heavy lifting. Jesus will teach you how to do that. All right. I know we're not Pentecostal, but we can clap. That's all right. All right. might be like revival hour in a second here (laughs) i really hope that not just these students but i hope all of us sit here and see what jesus is saying here he's the larger ox pulling the weight this isn't just for these students these confirmants. this is for all of us because some of us may have been confirmed some of us not and we're still living our lives i don't care what age you are where you think it's all about the yoke that you have to carry and you're you're doing the heavy lifting Or you're allowing other people to define what that yoke is. But Jesus is saying to us here to be yoked with him, to let him steer and guide our lives, to let him do the work. He tells us elsewhere in scripture, and this dovetails nicely, apart from him we can do nothing. And life can be a crushing burden filled with the weight of expectations, the ones we put upon ourselves or the ones that others try to force upon us if we live our lives apart from Jesus. Our life truly is nothing. But Jesus calls us to give our lives, to give it all to him, to wear his yoke, to live in dependence upon him, to let him pull the weight of this life, and to teach us how to live as he steers and guides us. And here's the best part. Don't lose me. Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message, we've read that sometimes in Bible class, Eugene Peterson likes to paraphrase the scriptures, and what he does here, I think, brings out with the verses that Ginger read even more. He translates it this way. Walk with me, Jesus says, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And in the midst of the tension that you're having that I joked around with your parents and other people, that's what you want. That's at the heart of teenage rebellion. You want to live freely and lightly. You want to live in a way where you're not crushed by those burdens, those responsibilities, those relationships, those expectations. And the problem is the world is telling you that the way out of that is to be independent, to live on your own, to decide for yourself. And there's a host of people here that can testify to you that it is one big fat lie. And what Jesus is inviting you to and what you're confirming is something entirely different to where you can experience what you want, what we all want. But it's not by being independent. It's not by having to figure it out on your own. It's not by having to continually reinvent yourself, but it's about allowing him to form and shape your life. Sometimes people, Christians I mean, reduce what Jesus is offering all of us here down to a free ticket to heaven. Something that we experience later. And you might think that today that's what you're confirming. You might think that today you're confirming that your, your faith, that when you die, it's all good because you know you believe in Jesus. As a pastor, as a father, as a teacher to you, I beg you that you understand that what you are doing today is so much more than that. The truth is Jesus is telling us, telling you, Jesus is offering you a life that can be all good now. If you put your life in his hands. Jesus isn't offering you the promise of a place to go later. Jesus is offering all of us a way to live now. As we prayed. As he taught us to pray. To live on earth as it is in heaven. He's pointing us to something that's right in front of us. The kind of life that Jesus has with his fathers, the next time you read the Gospels, think of how often Jesus talks about his relationship with his father, his life with his father. That's what he's inviting us into. That's eternal life. He's inviting us into the highest quality of life, a life brimming with confidence and security, where you don't have to figure out who you are or decide who you want to be. You have to simply let God tell you who you are, that you are his beloved son and daughter in whom he is well pleased, regardless of what you do. It's a life that's filled with purpose and peace, Well, you don't have to figure out what you're going to do with your life. You don't have to be successful in order to be peaceful. God has written your life. He's brought you into this world. Fearfully and wonderfully, you were made. You each have a unique destiny. You don't have to figure it out or invent it. You have to discover it. It's like a treasure for you to unwrap and unfold. And in the midst of everyone else trying to tell you what it is, you can block out all those voices and simply listen to the voice of the Spirit saying, this is what I have intended for you. This is who you are. It's a life, therefore, that's filled not with fear, but with expectation. It's a life that's not f- filled with, you know what, enjoy it now because you're young, but eventually you're going to look like us and it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> that's the gospel of the world. But if you give your life to Christ, it's a life that's filled with an ever-increasing sense of expectation and ever-expanding capacity for joy and love. And there are people in this room who you may think, man, I hope I don't look like that when I'm their age. Don't judge a book by its cover. Looks can be deceiving. There are people in here who can tell you their life is better than it was when you, where you are. Amen. Yes, yes. What you are doing today, which is so significant for you but is also profound for each of us, is you are committing, you're saying yes to Jesus' offer of eternal life, not later but learning how to live eternally now. I pray that these statements that you've written, I pray that these promises that you'll make in just a few moments, you will really let them sink in. You will allow Jesus to put his yoke upon you because the life that he intends for you is easy. That burden is light. It's not without challenge, but it's been perfectly shaped for you. And as he promises, nothing will separate you from his love. You will be more than conquerors through Christ. Who loves you? Who loves each of us? May God's blessing be upon you on this very, very special day. Amen. 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 And with that being said, we have our final statement of faith to be read. Uh, you see Jack a lot. Jack uh, is a member of our praise team, and uh, he's he's grown so much. Uh, and I'm so thankful, and he models again that, that getting involved that we talked about last week. So if you think he knows how to play, wait till you hear how he, he writes. Jack, come and read your statement of faith. <laughs> <laughs> it's better you don't know. Just, go, just go, I'll tell you later.
3: It was your Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, the first side of the Trinity, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and he's the second side of the Trinity, who was fully God and fully human, a living paradox. He was impossible, but I choose to believe in him. Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell and on the third day he rose again from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose again and lives in my heart. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the third side of the Trinity, who is my counselor and helps me every day. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, and the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. This is the Apostles' Creed. I chose this to begin my statement of faith because it describes the Trinity and the resurrection. This is what I believe. Even though I don't really get the Trinity, I choose to believe in it, and it gives me something to work towards. The philosophy, if you can't fully understand it, it's not God, helps me describe my feelings about the Trinity because, well, it's true. God is omniscient and knows infinitely more than I do. Therefore, I can't fully understand him, but I can always strive to. My faith in God has hit a growth spurt in the last year. I started to lead worship and spent much more time at church in the last few years. Leading worship sparked a little change at first, but lately my experiences have been changing. I've started to lose care about my surroundings in times of worship, and God has been penetrating my thoughts. He has been drawing me in, drawing me closer when I lead worship, when I'm at church and in all of my thoughts. Following Jesus' teachings, for example, the Sermon on the Mount, which contains some of my favorite verses, has become increasingly easier because of this. I can talk to God when I'm having trouble and always expect an answer, I've been realizing God's hand on my life and my decisions, and I pray before all of my major decisions. I have been brought up by Christian parents, Christian friends in a Christian school, and taught by Christian teachers. For a while, I was only Christian because of my surroundings. I didn't believe any of it. As I've grown up, I found God working in my life, and I found what everyone was excited and all worked up about. I found what Christian called perfect peace and unending love. I believe that my base ministry is as an apostle and also as an evangelist. As I am still praying about it and I am still growing in my faith, but currently I believe these to be my base ministries. I believe that the position of an apostle and an evangelist complement and help each other. An apostle is a pioneer into, uh, into new and unexplored places, while an evangelist shares something they are excited about with the people in these unexplored places. I love to bring people to my church and youth group on Wednesdays and seeing them find God. This has become more apparent as I mature in my faith. Jesus to me is a friend and a role model all at once. He is someone I can talk to when I'm in a rut and someone I can think of when making decisions. I believe that Jesus died for me in one of the most gruesome ways imaginable. Jesus was the final sacrifice so that I can be close to God. He is the bridge to the Father. When Jesus resurrected, he defeated death so no one could die. (laughs) Jesus changed things. (laughs) Jesus gave us a new law and an example of perfection and bridged the gap of sin and death so we could be close to God when he died and rose. I proclaim my faith in the omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient God and my belief in the Trinity, not because my parents do or because my teachers do or because my friends do. I proclaim my faith because I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well done.
0: All of these students wrote amazing statements. First of all, I wish we had time for all of them. Um, two things: I didn't pay Jack to put that part in about the base ministry. For those of us, those of you who are here on a regular basis, we just did that as part of a sermon series. But I was extremely touched that sitting here, he picked that up and thought to include that in his statement of faith. I mean, that just—that's what it's about, of really incorporating that into your own. How do I live this out? And the other thing that just that Jack said that many of you had in your statement—that's just important from last week to hear again and again and again. We don't try for Jesus. We're not trying. We're training with Jesus. And so, one of the things that Jack shared that I think is so key for all of us is being honest about leading worship, participating, that at first, you know I said, it's not about getting it. He didn't get it. But he continued to be committed to that because that's what God calls us to, to worship him. And you notice what he said in his statement. How all of a sudden, continually training and training and training, he had that breakthrough. Where all of a sudden, he began to hear God. He began to experience Christ, the Spirit, in ways that he never had before. It's that long obedience in the same direction. It's that discipleship that we're called to. Again, thank you guys for reading your statements. It was awesome. Again, the ushers who are gonna be taking the offering right now are also part of our confirmands, so please appreciate their service to us. If you're a guest with us today with the offering, we would welcome and thank you for any gift that you'd like to give to Grace, but our expectation when we take the offering as a community are for those who are regular members and friends of our community, so don't feel obligated. This is our time where we give to God out of the abundance He has given us. Let us receive the offering.